then you know what? What? That uh, that series we were doing for a few weeks is over. And my ability to just connect what we're talking about with my crappy intro has kind of run its course. Mm. New strategy. Hey, welcome back. Podcast. Q105.7. The Beast. Coming at you hot. Uh... Talking about, I don't know, CrossFit, fitness, uh, pizza, all those other things all the that things we like that to matter. talk about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think those are the three things. Good recovery, yeah. Well, you said you liked my better. I do, I took it to heart. I've been thinking about it for two weeks or a month. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and a lot of people that try to do that, it just doesn't come off the way you make it happen, so... Inauthentic for good, for good or bad. <laughs> for good or bad, yeah. <laughs> you have a different. lane. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of different, what this a episode's different going year. to be different. Yeah, yeah, different year. Crazy. In fact, I heard someone explain uh, 2021 as the year that was supposed to be different but wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Well said. Yeah. Good. So here we are at the end of a year, and is this our final episode of the year? Yeah, it is. Crazy. Mm-hmm. How long we've we been at this? Uh, we will. Seventy we passed, years. We passed, <laughs> we passed four years already. Yeah. What's interesting is people uh, come up to me in the gym. They're like, hey, you're the uh, – I was listening to the deal. And apparently people have had a great response to uh, our discussion about the benefits of the workout really being between classes and the communal aspect. I think that really struck a nerve with our folks, which is cool. And Good. great to know that people are listening. It's good when we strike a nerve. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unlike in your marriage or uh, – yeah, it's good when you strike a nerve with the yeah. podcast. So we're going to do something a little bit different this episode and discuss um, some language that's been flying around the gym all year long without a lot of explanation but has caused a lot of curiosity. And I think it's kind of our hope that this will take root and become a uh, business-wide, community-wide thing that people are chasing and um, – I'm filibustering here because well, we've even we've even casually talked about it on, on the, the podcast, podcast a yeah. few times. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the, here's how it all began. Mm-hmm. I needed a little bit of motivation uh, to actually get serious about CrossFit again. Be consistent. Yes, I'd hit a slump, a little bit of a slump, and I had fallen into, and not just me, a lot of a lot of folks uh, in my circle. We had fallen into a slump where we were trending or shading towards that three-day-a-week territory. Mm -hmm. And then we would do the classic uh, in-body scan and walk around the lobby of the gym like, I don't know what's going on. I'm not getting any (laughs) results, you know. And uh, so uh, Hunter moved in and kind of threw down the gauntlet a little bit, and we were off to the races. And here we are at the end of the year. So we're going to discuss this this famous number 250 that's been circulating around. The 250 workout. So I think – you know, with each member specifically, you're, you know, you're always trying to think about, you know, what what can motivate them or what get them the most bang for the buck, what get them where they're going. And I remember specifically with you, you had had a, uh, you had wanted to have the best body scan of your life, I think. And yeah. so you were doing it by um, doing some extra stuff like extra strength or extra cardio yeah, or something like bike. that. Yeah, yeah, but you weren't being consistent in the gym, you know, day to day, you would come in one or two days and hit it really hard. And then you wouldn't see, see for three or four days. So I knew the the biggest thing for you would just be consistent and, and show up more. Um, and you mean he actually paid attention specifically to Ben. Yeah. Most wow. people do. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't want to talk. It's hard not that to. It's kind of loud. I was bragging Hunter. <laughs> so, so, um, that's kind of where it started with you specifically, but, 
250 to me, it just kind of is like a, I mean, it was also for myself because I kind of gotten, after I got done competing, it was uh, a lot easier to skip workout days, especially when I was traveling a lot, you know, back and forth to Oxford and coaching a lot and um, having to fit in workouts in between classes, it was a lot easier to just skip. So um, that became kind of a good benchmark for me uh, to look at and say 250, it's a nice round number, easy to remember. And it's, it breaks down to five workouts a week for 50 weeks with two weeks off, which is, I mean, that works out really well with the, with the year schedule um, and kind of how, uh, just how it breaks down. So, you know, I challenged Ben to do that. Uh, that was probably around this time last year, I guess. Yeah. You posted a picture, I think. You went at the first of the year. Uh, we had already talked about it, I think, mm-hmm. you and I. And yeah. uh, Tim overheard, and I think he wanted to be a part of it. And so um, I, he his issue has never been showing up to, to the gym consistently because um, he's always there. He's too consistent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his his uh, you know every like I said every every member has different different stuff that that could help them get to the next level. But um, so he jumped in on it, and then so I just you know I, I tracked it myself last year, and I think I committed uh, a goal on the podcast last year to do 250 workouts, and so I was tracking that for myself, and um, I saw how much of a difference it made for me, and so I challenged you two guys, and then I posted on Instagram on January first. Um, and just to challenge some other people to do it as well, anybody that wanted to take part in it. And um, it's really daunting. It, it actually is. It's a lot harder than you think. I mean, it sounds so easy. I just got to go to the gym five days a week, um, and I'll get it. But, you know, life happens, and you get caught up. And, you know, I got COVID this year, so I missed two weeks of working out. And so then you got to make up some of those days. And you get sick another time or you travel or whatever, and then you get three days or four days, and you got to make it up. So it's hard to uh, – it's hard to do, but if you're if you have that goal and you're tracking it, um, man, it can make such a difference. And you know, there's some other people that have been participating in it um, without even really saying they were doing it. They just saw the challenge and took it to heart. Kale was telling me there's somebody in Flowood who had uh, printed off a uh, her own calendar and she's been marking off every single day on her calendar and she's already like 270 or something like that so that was that was really cool holy moly yeah Yeah. whoever you are you're my hero yeah we'll see you on the podcast that is crazy so and and i know there's some other people that did it as well and to me it's just i'm thinking of it for myself as kind of like a minimum for me at this point like we had talked about this before i i was trying to determine you know goals for myself each year and i i kind of started coming up with minimums as this is the minimum I want to do every year as far as these categories that are I know are going to have the most impact on my life. And one of them is working out 250 times a year. And so that's going to be my minimum going forward. Every year I want to at least hit 250 workouts. Um, it, it 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 really can make a big difference. Sydney's another one who did it. And she is um, – I think she's feeling better and fitter than she's ever been um, after completing it this year as well. So. Yeah, let's just talk about how genius this goal is, too. It accomplishes all the things that a great goal should, and that if, when you first look at it, you're like, oh, pff, I easily go to the gym 250 times a year. Mm-hmm. Like, this, is, this isn't even a contest, you know? So you jump into it thinking this is going to be no big deal, but two recalls that are terrible, your food recall and how many times you've been at the gym recall. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny because, you know, we're doing the, the 50 workout challenge, which kind of spawned the 250 um, and that's if you work out 50 times uh, over the last three months of the year, um, you, you're going to win a free T-shirt. And that's something we started. This is the second year we're doing it just to try to keep people engaged, you know, over the holiday season, over Christmas, over Thanksgiving, keep them motivated, leading up into the new year and not fall off at the last part of the year. 
And, you know, we're getting to the point now where people are coming up and wanting to check where they're at because there's only a few few weeks left. And almost across the board, every single one of them thinks they've come more than they have. Yeah. It's like, you sure? Yeah, I, I swear. I, <laughs> you, you sure you didn't? You checked me in every single day I came in? And, it, you know, it's always yeah. like they. It's, a, it's also another push for sugar wad and logging your own stuff because yeah. it's yeah. little accountability. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I heard somebody had a 31 the other day and they were, I thought they were going to punch Hunter in the face. <laughs> like, no way. So you're telling me it's impossible? There's yeah. only 16 workouts and yeah. I've got 19 left. I, I, oh, man. Yeah. And then Hunter's like, well, you could buy a t shirt. Right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Just lie. I, I want know. that t shirt. No, no, you, you can, can only buy this you can, kind. You, get, you can only earn that one. <laughs> um, so, anyways, yeah, it's. Uh, it's a it's a great great challenge, but it's a lot harder than than it looks on paper, and you really have to be diligent um, to be able to complete it. Yeah, that's uh, that's it. And the other side of it is it, it really is about consistency. We've talked about that ad nauseum here on the podcast, but it pulls you into consistency in a different way. And just full disclosure for me, I had a lot of goals rolling into the first of the year as well, and. Uh, you know that a certain percentage of your goals you're not going to meet. Here's the interesting thing about my life this year, though. Every goal that I set at the beginning of the year, I did not meet except for this one. Wow. And it's because this one had more than just me involved. There were other people involved. There was a communal aspect to it. My individual goals, I'm not saying I missed by a lot, but I did miss. I mean, technically, I did fail on those goals that I set. But because I had other people contacting me, at 3.34 saying, hey, where are you at? You know, and yeah. I knew that text was coming. Then I, I showed up to the gym, and it allowed me to, to push past a lot of the challenges. I'm sure we're going to talk about uh, with trying to set a goal that's the only way you can complete it is by pacing near the end of the year. I mean, the people that were chasing it like crazy, it still took them into November mm-hmm. to make this happen because you can only do you can only do six days a week. I know you and I had a discussion mid-year like, hey, can I just throw in some two-a-days here? No. You know, like, no, that's that's not how it works. So, yeah, the goal in and of itself uh, really says everything almost that you need to know about Coyote Fitness because it doesn't say that you need to be at a certain percentage body fat. It doesn't say you have to PR on these three Olympic lifts. It doesn't say you have to finish at the top of Sugar Wide. It doesn't say any of those things. Now, you'll have a lot of those side benefits with consistency. Right. But the goal focuses on what we would consider to be the absolute main thing. Yeah, and um, something that you can control 100%. I mean, outside of extraneous circumstances like you know you get sick or you have a family emergency or whatever the case may be you have to travel a lot um you can control whether you go to the gym or not and that's the whole point of it is controlling what you can control and you can't control um if you're going to set up a pr on your back squat this year um or if you're going to um have the fastest time on sugar wad you know you can you can do stuff that's going to help you get there, but at the end of the day, it's not a guarantee that you're going to do it. But um, you can control whether you show up to the gym or not, and that is the most important thing: is being just being there. And you're not going to make progress if you're not going to be there and be consistent. And it also another really good thing about it is it takes the focus off of the result of the given day or the given workout or what weight you did or that. It's it and it puts the result on. Did you show up? Yes or no? That's all that matters, and that's what we we constantly preach: is get your 
focus off of what score you got and get your focus on make, just showing up every single day because that's the cause that's going to lead to all the effects that you really, really want down the road. And I guarantee you, I mean, we can go across the board. Every single person that can complete the 250 workout challenge this year, I promise you, has a lower body fat percent than they did last year. <laughs> Um, and are fitter than they were last year. I, that, if, if they do a bunch of benchmark workouts, they'll probably be faster on, on a lot of them. You know, um, people probably noticed, hey, you're looking, looking leaner or whatever the case may be. And just without any, any other, anything other than just showing up consistently day in and day out. And another thing about it is if you're going to show up, you know, five to six days a week every week, there's going to be days where you don't feel good and you don't feel like pushing yourself and you have to learn that, you know, if I'm going to be here tomorrow, I'm going to have to go lighter weight today and, and get the workout, check the box and live to fight another day, as opposed to trying to run yourself into the ground every single day and coming in and doing all this extra work and beating yourself into the ground Monday, Tuesday, and then not be able to move Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and only show up one more time the rest of the week. You know, yeah, you absolutely have to engage your mind. Mm-hmm. I know it is a physical challenge, but you've got to engage your mind and how you're going about doing the challenge. And Strategy. I, yeah, over over 250 workouts, honestly, I think I've probably had 20 what we would call implosions uh, throughout the year. One I remember specifically was Buzz Lightyear, and it was incredibly hot that day. And the thing that I fight the most mm-hmm. is my attitude. I work out at the end of the day, and depending on how my day has gone, I'm either like ready to get after it or this is the last thing that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I had the perfect storm happen on, on Buzz Lightyear where – it's an end-of-the-day workout, and I didn't have a great day. It's hot. Buzz Lightyear involves running. I mean, I just I got out of my truck that day thinking, why am I here? But I had to get the, as, as Tim and I say, I had to get the click. I was just looking to click that thing. Like, I need to make sure I get a workout today. And Buzz is a pretty long workout yeah. because it has that running in it. You have a lot of time to think on the road, uh, more time for me than some other people <laughs> <laughs> trying to make that 800 meters. And, uh, man, you just – on that run, I can't remember exactly how the workout goes. But you, you start out with the run maybe. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, man, I got out on the street, and it just got – my mentality got worse and worse and worse. Then you start picking up wall balls. Yeah. Those are never great for the brain. And, um, I mean, it, I was the last guy to finish that workout by a smooth six or seven minutes that day. And uh, people started checking on me and all of that stuff. But now that I'm to the end of this year – Buzz Lightyear is just a click. It was yeah. it was just a day, you know. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it was a huge miss. It was honestly pretty embarrassing to be that guy that something terrible was going on with, and I didn't have like a, a broken rib or a sprained ankle. I just had a terrible attitude. But I learned something about myself that day, and I think that's the the real beauty of this 250 workout challenge. Sure, you're going to make this happen. Okay, you're going to be consistent, and once you get to once you get a little bit past halfway. You're just so committed it's going to happen once you get past half. And we can talk about halftime in a minute. Uh, But you're going to learn so many things about yourself over the course of 250 workouts as long as you have that goal in mind that's keeping you consistent. Um, To to cut to the chase here, you can't run away from the the lessons that it's forcing you to learn. You have to stay in the game. Yeah, it really is kind of a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, And I'm going to continue to try to – challenge more and more people to do it every single year because um you know it there there be there gets to be this culture um through the nature of crossfit specifically of trying to um just be the fastest time on the board i gotta i gotta do the heaviest weight i gotta go fastest 
And if I'm not, a lot of times people will skip the day that they're, you know, the days on the stuff they're not good at, or they'll just beat themselves into the ground um, and then not be able to work out the next day or just, you know, there's just a lot of, a lot of culture of try, you know, results focused. Mm -hmm. And what we're constantly trying to preach is the leaderboard is just a tool for you to try to get the most out of your workout on that, on that specific day. But ultimately, the most important thing is that you're showing up consistently and focusing on clicking on your profile on SugarWad and seeing how many times I've been this month, how many times I've been this year, and using that as your guideline and your tool. And then the, the results will, you know, will be the effect and not the cause. You know, the result is not the cause of the fitness. The, the results are the effect. And the cause is showing up consistently. Um, I kind of want to dig in, Ben, on you specifically. You kind of talked about a little bit of your strategies, but mm-hmm. you know what? How was it for you throughout the year um, going through this? Because I know this is the first time you've ever worked out 250 times in a year, and oh, you've been yeah. a member for you've been coming for what like seven, seven, eight years. Yeah, yeah. and so it, it's always been the um, you know one one or two weeks you get four or five in, and then the next week you get one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so how was it? You know, mentally. What, what, how was it? I would say probably the first couple of months were the hardest for you to get in the groove. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, first I just, I had to get, become fed up and that's what you picked up on. I was just really fed up with how everything else was running my life, except for the things that mattered to me personally. Mm-hmm. And I had to kind of flex on that and I needed a goal and we've, and this is the goal that, that helped me get there. Uh, but I have found the 250 really was an indicator of the kind of CrossFit athlete that I was beforehand. Here's what I mean by that. I came out hot, man. Mm-hmm. It's like when you put a thousand meter row at the start of a Metcon. You just you blow know? up blazing. Yeah. I just came out hot. And I, you know, I flipped a switch actually in the previous year in that 50 workout challenge, I flipped a switch mm-hmm. to try to get there. And, um, and I did, I made that and that wasn't enough, but I would probably say the first quarter of the year, I was hitting six days a week extremely consistently. Mm-hmm. And um, that was not a wise move. Uh, to make that hard of a shift uh, was difficult on me because I had to change so many things in my life to make it happen. And it created a little bit of cumulative fatigue. Mm-hmm. So uh, once I settled into that, though, um, it became kind of like, I hate to use this term on our podcast, but it, came, it became like a drug. Yeah. It bothered me that I wasn't there where the, the other, the opposite used to be true. Uh, so, you know, resetting that habit and the, the way that I did that, and I think this would probably be what people are most curious about. How do you make a hard shift like Mm -hmm. that? I committed to a few things. I committed to working out at the same time every single day. Yeah. I committed to not miss a Saturday and working out at the same, uh, workout on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. I also committed to not doing the, uh, Olympic lifting stuff Mm -hmm. because it was off of the goal that I had. Yeah. Uh, I needed work on that, but I had to make a decision, which one am I going to do here? Right. And, uh, you talking about extra stuff outside of class. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I'm going to do the class and that's it. That's all I'm going to do. And uh, no matter what it is, and kind of humbled myself, you know, I've, I've been willing this year to do the sit-ups of shame if it's a total bar workout, and, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just too sore or whatever. There's nothing shameful about doing the sit-ups. Yeah, exactly. But, it, you know, it feels that way, especially yeah. if your crew is really ribbing you for it. Um, well, that's their, that's that that's the crew's problem. Yeah, right? that's yeah. the crew's problem, exactly, because most of those guys, aren't their toes aren't hitting the bar anyway. So <laughs> you know who you are. Yeah. Uh, so, but anyway, yeah, the, the start of it, there was a lot of enthusiasm. Where I had the problem was when I hit just past halfway and I remember 
I remember clicking that button like, man, I'm, I just made halfway. And there was kind of this letdown of like, oh, my gosh, that's been a lot of work, and I'm only halfway. Yeah. And uh, it, what, ex- what happened is it took me all the way about six months into this challenge before my body really started to kind of break down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing a good job managing myself and going lighter on thrusters, whatever it is I needed to do, uh, kind of those – those back squat PRs, not chasing those things. But when I got to the midway, I was like, oh, my gosh, man, I'm kind of sore. I'm kind of hurting. It took that long for uh, the goal to expose the fact that I don't do a good job with recovery. I don't do a good job with mobility. And uh, that was the work that kind of buried me, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Did you hit any PRs over the course of the year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was PRing like crazy. Nice. Uh, but I had in my mind like, well, that's great, but I've got to get 250 workouts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my, my proudest workout of the year was actually the assault bike, uh, deadlift workout, which Uh is interesting that I remember that because I usually try to forget workouts, but that one, something just clicked. I was feeling good and my lungs were, were holding up and, uh, I don't know the assault bike We're we're friends. I've spent a lot of time on it. Um, and a lot of that is because even over the rower now because of consistency. Yeah. I'll choose the bike over the rower these days. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah, because I know there's a couple of things I know, like I can get on the rower and grip and rip. Well, that's not helping me get any better. It's just helping me get a faster time than the next guy. Mm. That's not what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. That's another thing the 250 challenge has put in place. But, yeah, my, my experience with it, I'll have to say, has been awesome. And I wish we had walls in our locations that was like the 250 club because that's how much it's transformed the way yeah. that I approach fitness. I've thought about stuff like that and how we could celebrate that and – you know, make a make a list. Maybe that'd be cool. Every year we could have a 250 work, uh, club um, list or something like that, and put people's names on it. That'd be cool. Is yeah. it going to be an official challenge next year? Uh, I mean, it's not official at this point. It's unofficially official. <laughs> you know, I'll post it again this this, Do this it if you want January to. Yeah. because it's, it's got to be there's personal. so many benefits. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you got to have a personal attachment to it because mm-hmm. it's really hard. It, it takes a lot of commitment, and um, you know what I heard you say, and this is such a common thing that people do is you came out really hot to start the year and um you if you didn't have the the guardrails in place you know the accountability and the the other group in place you would have fallen off um but one thing that you did was really smart was you you decided i'm not going to be doing the extra work Mm -hmm. and that is such a pitfall that so many people fall into is starting off the year and I'm just going to do all this stuff and they got 15 goals and they're going to do, I'm going to PR all these lifts and then so they're doing squatting and deadlifting and running and all this stuff. And then by two or three weeks into the year, they're completely burnt out mm-hmm. and their body's breaking down and it's such a better way. And you're much more likely to stick with it is pick one thing and just focus on that for the entire year, you know, yeah. build that habit up Come show up to class. I mean, if you class are an hour long, that's 250 hours that you're committing um, to your health and fitness and not sticking around and doing all the extra work um, because your goal is not to compete. You know, all that extra stuff is for people that want to compete. Your goal is to get fitter and healthier. And so being able to do that and, you know, that's the same thing for me. I, I haven't done any extra work this year either. I've done done the class workout. And if I can't make class, I just do the class workout and that's it. Um, and so it's, it's a way to get you focused on the right things and keep you consistent. And what I've seen over you um, as an effect, like you said, is I see like there's some days I see your, your score on the workout. I'm like, man, 
Ben's gotten way fitter. He's mm-hmm. really he really crushed that workout, and um, your body has changed a lot. You're and and so there's just so many benefits that that I see, and then just hearing the way you talk about the workout uh, in 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 the in the class in general, it's less focused on the results and. I'm down on myself because I I'm only doing this much weight and no I'm I'm happy I'm you should be proud because you showed up that day you know yeah that's and, the win and that's what people need to realize is just showing up is a win you know I don't care what your score is I don't care you know how hard you push or whatever if you show up you won you beat 99 percent of the population that day if you want to look at it that way but really it's about you and becoming um, a fitter healthier version of yourself and you're putting in the work now that's going to benefit you you know, years and years and years down the road. And if you can get in the habit of doing that year in, year out, you're going to have a really, really good, long, healthy life. Um, and you're going to avoid so many of the uh, negative health and um, lifestyle and uh, factors that, that affect people who don't take their health and fitness a priority in their 30s and 40s. And when they're in their 50s and 60s, they're in, in deep trouble. So. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it, I think just to present it with clarity for me, it got me off of the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And people don't think about this enough. And I, I'm, I'm glad I have this medium to talk about it because I call it the should I go comp trap, right? Yeah. I'm a performance guy. Hands down. That's what I need to be doing every day unless there's just something in comp that, that I know I can reach for. Like this week I reached for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have a certain amount of mental energy when you walk into Coyote every day or mm-hmm. six days a week. And if you're walking in trying to determine, well, 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 what should I do? Should I go up on the weight? What should I, should I go down on this? And, and you start doing this chess about who's on sugar wide and what did they do and how fast did they finish? You're just burning mental calories. And what are my friends going to think? What are, yeah, what are my friends going to think? And then, and then by the time you put your hands on that bar, the clock, you know, three, two, one, go, you've already spent so much energy trying to figure out things that long-term really don't make a difference. Right. Like, did I do a 95 Ask me if in February I did a 95-pound thruster or a 115-pound thruster. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't it remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and it didn't matter. What was really freeing is walking in that day, knowing who I am and what I wanted to do. What I want to do this year, and it'll 2022 will be the same exact way, I want it going up and to the right. Mm-hmm. Well, how, how do I make it go up and to the right? I hit 33 today, I'm going to hit 34 tomorrow. By the end of this week, I'm going to be at 37, and that's the win. It isn't about what I did on one particular movement. And, and frankly, it isn't about whether Tim gets off the bike faster than me. Mm-hmm. Tim's going to get off the bike yeah. faster than me. You know, uh, The main thing is I'm keeping my main thing on, on the forefront, and so many people spend so much time – I don't know, is, is anxiety too strong of a word? No. They just look anxious yes. about, well, how am Very I supposed anxious, to approach this nervous, workout? Yeah. What weight am I supposed to do? I don't know. You spend all that energy. What you're doing is robbing yourself of 8, 13, 14% of the energy you need to actually get better. Yeah, and, and just spend so much time focused on something that's not going to even matter tomorrow, much less six months from six now. Months, yeah. All that matters is that you showed up and, and, did a, and did the workout. And, you know, we're talking a lot about the 250 and – I think for the most people that to you know being more consistent in the gym is going to be very beneficial and I would say that a majority of our members that is their their problem but other people that might not be their issue and they need to, each person has to kind of do a little self-evaluation of what is what is the one thing that I need to work on this year and be more consistent with that's holding me back for a lot of other people maybe they come five or six days a week and their diet's just not very good mm-hmm. and they just got to finally say you know what I'm going to figure out 
this diet thing and I'm going to figure out a, uh, a goal for myself for the entire year that I'm going to keep, whether it's I'm going to track my food every single day for a year or I'm going to hire a diet coach who's going to keep me accountable and I'm going to have him work with me the entire year, you know, or, or maybe it's I'm going to stop drinking except for one Saturday night for the entire year, whatever the, whatever each per individual person is, because everybody has that thing that's holding them back from going to the next level. Um, if you're coming consistently in the gym and your body hasn't changed a whole lot, let's take a look at the diet, diet portion of it, or let's take a look at your alcohol consumption, or let's take a look at your, your sleep. Are you staying up to 1130 watching Netflix every night? You know, could you cut, cut the Netflix off an hour earlier, um, to, uh, to get some more sleep? You know, everybody's in a different place. Um, and when you're looking at that, the two, use a 250 template as a template for your goal. Don't set the goal of, I want to lose 20 pounds. Set the goal of what do you need to do to lose 20 pounds, and the 20 pounds is going to be the effect. So if if you want to lose 20 pounds over this year, let's set the goal of I'm going to track my food every single day for an entire year and make yourself a chart and check off every day you track your food. Every day I put every single thing that I ate into my fitness power, whatever it is. And then by the end of the year, I promise you, you'll have lost that weight and probably more so, and you'll have learned a lot about yourself because it seems easy to put your food into a, an app every single day, but it ends up being a lot harder if you're, if you're doing it 365 days. So, Yeah, the longer-term goals, the consistency factor, I, you know, just wrapping the segment up because I know we have to, uh, I couldn't be more grateful for the challenging, accountable communal aspect of coyote fitness and what it's done for me in this you know set, think about that seven and a half years in a switch flipped for me mm -hmm. and the community had exactly what i needed to get to the next level in my personal fitness journey that that's crazy i mean right. that's just something money can't buy there's so many examples of people who are you know they have this area of life and it just takes really long amount of time to be able to tap into what's holding them back. You know, Caleb made a post about uh, one of his diet coaches, uh, clients he's working with, who he worked with was six months before he was finally able, you know, comfortable enough to tell him that he was eating, getting up in the middle of the night and eating. And he wasn't even able to tell his, his coach for six months. And then they, he finally was able to work down to that and talk about why he was doing that and why he wasn't, you know, feeling comfortable enough to share that with him. And then once they, you know, were able to broach that subject, they were able to figure out what was causing it. And then all of a sudden he, he quit doing it. And then his body started changing drastically. And that's something, you know, years and years and years of trying to do it on his own, he wasn't able to do it. And everybody has that area in life that there's something holding him, them back. And if you can find out what that is and flip that switch, like you said, it can make all the difference for you. And now I promise you, you'll be a 250 guy probably for the rest of your life no doubt. because there's no going back once you, once you do, but you know, it took you seven years to, to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should end the segment there. Um, but so strategies for, if you, let's just say, let's finish with strategies. If you are going to do the 250 next year, which I encourage everybody to, to do, um, I, for me personally, I shoot for six days a week, every week. Um, and if I miss a day and only get five, I'm completely fine with it because I know I'm on track. And if I, I, I get six, I'm happy with that because I've got one one workout in the bank, you know, going forward. And then you have two weeks off if you get five days a week every single year. But I shoot for six days a week every week. I would say there's probably one or two workouts a week that I feel really good and I push myself really hard. And the other three or four, I, I kind of back off and I'm 
you know, get my workout in, but I don't kill myself and I leave some in the tank for the next day. Yeah. You're talking about 85%, not 55%. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, like I, 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 a lot of times I'm like, man, I didn't sleep good that night. Last night I'm going to go lighter weight. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll do the fitness workout. Um, and, or sometimes I'll even do a scale version of the workout or whatever the case may be, but it's, I'm coming in here, I'm getting my workout in and I'm moving on to my next thing. And I'm not stressing about where I finish on the sugar wide leaderboard, which is, you know, my first six, seven, eight years of CrossFit, it was all about what else did everybody get? You know, who, who beat me? Did I beat everybody else? You know, and that was constant, you know, you do the workout at noon and then you're, you're nervous the rest of the day because you're worried somebody else is going to beat you if you don't feel, you know, feel good about your workout. And now it's, you know what, I'm doing my workout and I'm putting on the sugar wad and I'm moving on to the next thing. Yep. And then tomorrow I'm going to do the same thing. And I'm going to get in the workout and if I feel good tomorrow, I'm going to push myself hard. And if I don't feel good, I'm going to back off a little bit and make sure I get that check. But I'm not going to overdo it today so that then I can, I don't feel like working out tomorrow. It's all about making sure I, I can show up the next day. Yeah, that's the Murph principle there. I would say my last piece of advice is when you're making these determinations, be honest enough with yourself to think about what your main nemesis is to mm-hmm. keep you from this. For me, it was the rhythm of my work. Not not my work uh, as just like a job. It was the rhythm. The rhythm of my job, things pick up right about the time where I'm supposed to be going to the gym. Uh, but I'm, I needed to be at work early, so I determined if this is actually going to happen then I can't mill around in the morning and do stuff at my home office and not get started till whenever. I've got to get at my desk. I'm going to win or lose being at that 3.30 workout at 7.15 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So think you just got to think about your main nemesis. What's going to keep me from doing this? Is it carpool line and pickup for the kids? Is it how I do my job? Is it just my personal rhythm? Maybe to make this happen, I need to shift to that uh, early class in the morning and get it done first. We're just talking with Rob uh, Pettit the other day. He's like, man, if I don't get this done soon at, at the start of the day, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. That's great self-awareness. So thinking about what's going to be the major thing that would keep you from doing this and being honest enough in the beginning to face that, because that's going to pull in that, that communal aspect of people helping to hold you accountable. So, right. Hey, I'm for everybody who decides to do this. I hope this is just like a, a regular thing. We don't have to print t-shirts for this. It's just, everybody's in we're trying to chase the 250 yeah yeah do it we challenge you uh and then uh we'll if you get it next year we'll celebrate you yeah we'll give you attaboy yeah (laughs) now it's time hot diggity dog for the segment we've all been waiting for thank goodness outside the box oh Nice. Kind of sultry. Change, yeah, change the right there. We went to the minor. It's the dreary day we're having exactly, right now. Exactly, exactly. I'm a minor kind of guy. Yeah, now I'm kind of worried about what's coming. We have a surprise segment. You've gone to this lately of trying to yep. put me and Hunter on, on our toes. Yeah. By the way, I've also gotten some comments about my speaking about the movie Rad, which apparently there's one other person out there. <laughs> that has one seen other it. person saw it. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know who you are. <laughs> here's to you, man. Yeah, here's or to woman. you. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, I don't know. Uh, Hunter, gosh, you did a great job foreshadowing what we're talking about. Oh, right not now. even knowing it. <laughs> yep. You were talking about maybe cutting the Netflix off like an hour early to get better sleep. <laughs> Today we're talking about doing the exact opposite. Okay. Which, you know, that's what Outside the Box is for. Exactly. Uh, top five movies. We had done this in a long time. Okay. That you would watch 250 times? <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> top five movies that you can just go back to at any point when you just feel like watching a movie. 
You don't have the mental capacity right right to now something. to just pick something mm-hmm. new. All right. What I love about this is it doesn't have to be great. No. It's just for you. Uh, yeah. I will be okay. more proud of you if there's not a really great movie on there. Although yeah. mine does have one, but you know, it's, okay. just, it's subjective. All right. So we're all going to say Armageddon. Just try that again. <laughs> yeah. Something nice and light to just get through. <laughs> uh, yeah. I almost made it comedies, but mm. there's some. There, I feel like this movie has to almost inherently be a little lighter watch obviously if you're just going back to it it's like white noise yeah but you know there's dramas and sports movies that are like that you know so i left it kind of open-ended here's the spot where you tell me if we have to cut so we can think about it okay yeah so our rule our rule of five is that we list all five of them at one time right do we want to stick with that yeah okay i can do it it sounds like i should go first to buy you guys some time you can go first but i'm pretty ready i have my three it's the last two i'm thinking about okay yeah i i literally like the first my top four were ready immediately and then i had to really think about the fifth one uh so i'll go uh five to one my number five and this is probably the most dark horse one on here but it's Shaun of the dead I don't know what it is. It was uh, it was weird because I was stuck between Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz. Both of them uh, super British comedies. Yep. Gory. Really, really weird choices. But if you've seen these movies, you understand. Like it's one of those it's one of those kind of horror esque things that's pure comedy, iron, uh, ironic, funny. It's just it's just amazing. I love it. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. Uh, number four, this is a surprising one, I think, especially for Ben. The Truman Show. They're Whoa. <laughs> kind of an inside joke, but Ben and I have a really, really, Long really history. dark past yeah. with, uh, with The Truman Show uh, based around... Uh, our jobs. Yeah, our yeah. jobs. But I've get, there's been some grace period. You know, This was back in like 2017, 2016 that this, over it. Yeah. this hard stuff was happening. Nowadays, I could watch Truman Show 11.30 at night when I can't sleep. Or nine thirty in the morning when I'm just vegging. I, don't I was know. so frustrated that day. I got a tattoo just to rescue the day <laughs> yeah. for me personally. Not of the Truman Show, no. But but yeah, yeah. it's like the only way to make this day better is to get a tattoo. I love that. Literally, no one's gonna have a, any clue what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, but Truman Show, best quote from the Truman Show. There's so many. Which one? I I usually, in case I don't see you. Oh, yeah. Good afternoon. Yeah. My favorite is because I know that was improv. So I could I watch when I watch this movie, it's for one specific sequence of scenes, and it's when he's slowly realizing that things are not as they should be in his life. Um, and he says, um, oh, "Shoot, it's, it's a rolling moss gathers no stone." <laughs> very Jim Carrey, but. Uh-huh. Frick, it gets me every time. Yeah. Speaking of getting me every time, okay. and also surprising, my number three is B-Movie. Have you guys B-movie. seen B-Movie? Yeah. No, I haven't yeah. seen it. You Jer- do talk about this quite a bit. Jerry Seinfeld's one and only, as far as I know, an uh, animation diversion. Uh-huh. Gosh, it's, it's weirdly clever, because it's Jerry Seinfeld, so it's, you know, it's going to be clever. Uh-huh. But it's just really, really good. It's a lot of really light, funny moments throughout the whole thing. There's no, there's no point in it where you're like, there's real consequences or drama going on. Mm-hmm. So you never get to that spot where you're like kind of dreading what's, what's coming and the, um, the rising action of the... Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, all <laughs> you right. know what I'm saying. Number two... 
Zoolander. <laughs> I could watch Zoolander Relax, don't do that. <laughs> numerous times a day yeah. and not not ever be bored. It's there's so much. You forget like how many funny moments there are in this show if you haven't seen it in a while, but it's 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 dumb and smart at the same time. It's one of Will Ferrell's best performances, like I ben. think. <laughs> crazy it's like me but a movie <laughs> it's one of Will Ferrell's one Ferrell, Will Ferrell's best movies uh, Ben Stiller super consistent there's I had a hard time not just putting five Ben Stiller movies on here because he's he's so good I appreciate about that guy like I know who I am I know what I do I'm, I'm just going to give the people what they want yep yeah yep uh, speaking of giving the people what they want another Ben Stiller classic is my number one dodgeball Oh yeah, mm. there. This checks off so many boxes in the comedy uh, comedy realm. It's just hard to not just be okay watching. And it's short. It's not even that long of a movie. Uh, there's still action in it. You know, there's sports drama. Air quotes around that. <laughs> you got Jason Bateman doing the greatest comedic performance of all time as the really dumb announcer. Uh, first time I've <laughs> ever really seen him before. Yeah. Pre, uh, I think it was pre. Um, Oh my god! Arrested, arrested development, mm-hmm. Bateman, yeah. and all that. Oh, definitely, yeah. And it uh, meets the quotability metric. Quotability. Yeah. Rip Torn literally has like six things. You know, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yeah. Classic. All of those. Mm-hmm. You got, you know, slapstick comedy. You got smart comedy. You got dodgeball. I don't know what more you <laughs> what want from you want? a movie. Yeah. yeah. So there's my top five: Shaun of the Dead, Truman Show, B Movie, Zoolander, and Dodgeball. I'm definitely surprised by Truman Show. The yeah. other's not so much. But. I just needed some space. Yeah, you know? I get it's it. like a like a bad friendship. Well, you my, get it back. Yeah, I'm not ready to do mine yet, but basically my entire list is Truman Show esque. Honestly, <laughs> uh, YouTube saved me because I was just getting these random clips from the Truman Show. I was like, you know what? I should really watch this movie again. Yeah, man, it's great. YouTube knows you better than you you know yourself. Yeah, that's yeah. creepy. Should have married YouTube. Creepy, I don't know, but accurate. All right, what's your top five? All right, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with honorable mention Christmas movies. Because it's uh it's Christmas season. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, gave time to <laughs> you gave me too much time. Uh and uh I'm gonna say Home Alone and a Christmas story because both of them are Christmas classics of watching every year probably multiple times. Uh Christmas story on Christmas Eve always just is on the TV on repeat TBS. Can I be honest? I don't know if there's a movie I hate more than Christmas story. Really? What a I sad existence you live, yeah, Chase. It, it was forced on me as a child. Oh. Yeah, so I'm not real wild about it either. Um, so uh, I didn't put these in order. These are just uh, five movies that I can always watch. Um, Anchorman, one of the funniest movies of all time. It was really close. Yeah, Anchor. Oh, man. And talk about quotability. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we don't have time. Shout out to the, to the quotability guy in the comments. <laughs> um, Dumb and Dumber. Would be another one, mm. and uh, this is from the uh, baseball uh, bus fever days. So this is what we used to say when we were on the bus for too long. Somebody just yell at bus fever. Uh, but we just watched Dumb and Dumber way too many times on the bus, and uh, I could probably quote the whole movie. My gosh, um, it's a cardigan, but thanks for <laughs> you ever heard Jeff Daniels Pull over. talk? You ever heard Jeff Daniels talk about getting that role and his like mindset on it? No, no. he he like specifically like tried to not think of it as a comedy. But it's like it's just a dramatic performance to support Jim Carrey and literally whatever he does. I was Good like, for man, him. Man, you nailed it. Nailed, nailed it. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. perfect, perfect comedy duo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, the next one would be Gladiator. I've probably seen this maybe 
30 Ooh, or 40 times. That's an interesting pick. And if it's on TV, I'm just going to watch it. There's I rewatched no it the other day. Yeah, mm-hmm. if it's on TV, no matter what part it is, I'll watch it. Um, man, it's such a classic movie. It is. Um, same thing with this next one, Shawshank Redemption. Um, I've probably seen the second half of this movie. Really? <laughs> I've, pro- I've probably seen the second half of this movie 50 times in the first half, probably... 10 times, maybe five, mm. just because it's on. That's it's the on how t- you catch it. Yeah. <laughs> if it's on TV, I'm like, oh, I'm watching it. Oh. Thanks, AMC. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to watch this dude break out of prison. <laughs> and uh, the last one would be Goodwill Hunting. Maybe my favorite movie of all time. I could watch it over and over and Man, over again. How- <laughs> so, what are we going to do? Uh, Dumb and Dumber or Goodwill Hunting? I don't know. What, what, uh, <laughs> well, what, how do I, what, what, what do I want to feel sadder about? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I can't think of a harder scene to watch than his him breaking up with his girlfriend in her apartment and her crying and stuff. That's oh, like what, that's when I turn it off. That's I'm when like, you pick your phone up and scroll for a minute. I was yeah. like, hey, those are the breaks. Yeah, that's the breaks. That's life, Chase. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> life isn't all bees. <laughs> I know. That's why I watch the bees. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> we can't all live in one happy colony. <laughs> That was a good list. That's it, yeah. Yeah, That's a good list. Yeah, I think this... uh, Actually, you've done something really smart here. You've exposed our personalities without asking us a a personality question. Rorschach test. Yeah, so um, I'm going to have one that really... And I wrote this down. God's honest truth. I wrote this down before you said trim this show, okay? So I'll start with this. Uh, One of mine is The Revenant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We have a kind of a dark history with that movie as well, and I experienced that movie way different than the people that I talk to about it. They're like, "Oh, How did, it's, so, it's so dark and it's so violent, and you just watch this guy suffer." And I'm like, "I don't really get that." That's not even the worst part of the movie is watching Leo. It's right. his freaking son getting yeah. axed. Yeah, that's it's it's terrible. Yeah, softies. That is terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like the movie. For me, is so beautifully done. Mm-hmm. I'm appreciating that almost as much as the storyline, and it's one of those that I can just kind of forget everything else that's going on. I use movies a lot for that reason. Well, there's only one spot in the whole movie that has artificial light in it. Yeah, which I'm being friends with you helps me know these facts, yeah. and helps me appreciate that even more. So, yeah, the Revenant is one. I'm going to be heavy western, which that's no surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, Open Range is another one. That's a good one. Man, just such a huge fan. of the, I, the, One of the best town shootouts yeah. of any Western. Yeah, and I'm becoming more of a fan of Kevin Costner. I haven't really been, but I don't know. He's he's had some staying power, and it can't just be because he did a great job in that one movie where he's with the Indians. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, so Revenant, Open Range. Moving into quotability now, Tombstone for sure for me. Um, so many great actors in that. It's an unsurprising pick for you. Yeah, yeah. now you can you can go back and appreciate Val. I would say probably in his prime. Uh, so that's a big one for me. I also put Shawshank on there. Uh, something about Morgan Freeman, and you know the story. Every you know everything about the movie. Be like, man, this is essential Morgan Freeman mm. watching. I mean, how do you you just don't get any better? They, the voiceover, you know, usually the voiceover is a, is a symptom of a terrible movie or TV show is what they say. But, man, he just defined it. So Shawshank for me, and uh, I, I need to have a person in a movie that I hate their guts, and the warden, definitely one of those guys. Mm. Last one for me, this is getting a little bit nostalgic, uh, and I'm not saying I'm a fan of this man in particular, uh, but 
Braveheart for me is a big one too. Mm. I'll, I'll sit and watch Braveheart because you know the rise rise to the occasion. Uh, I don't necessarily like the ending so much. It's pretty difficult to watch if you know actually what's going on. Uh, but the sense of betrayal and the fighting for justice and the fact that he lost everything that he did uh, in that movie, they say, very historically inaccurate. Yes. But everything that he did, they say in the movie, is because he lost the thing that was the most important to him in the beginning. That's his motivating factor. For me, it's like I'm totally in the story. I know exactly what's going to happen along with the rest of the world, but I'm going to watch Mel Gibson do this. You know, Mel Gibson, for just forgetting how crappy of a guy he is, yes. if you just look at like his list of banger of movies, it's a long list. Yeah, my son is forcing us tonight to watch The Patriot because he got a clip of it at school, and he's like, we have to watch this which, tonight. Which, which clip was it where um, they attacked the... Uh, yeah, the patrolling where, British guard. Where is it? Yeah, he's at the river. He's like, we have to watch this movie, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's unfortunate that there's been so much bad press about this guy because he yeah. does make some pretty cool yeah films in this genre. Like it's not like award winning, but yeah. it'll it'll pull me in where I can watch it. Yeah, you know? that's good father son bonding right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's watch Mel Gibson kill some people. Guess what's in a trunk in my room? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a machete, a hatchet. <laughs> So cross me, you know. But he started. My son started quoting this uh, movie at dinner the other night. So yeah, poor, poor Mel, poor Mel, poor Mel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be all right. Yeah, all right. We're to recommends, which kind of these movies are a little bit of a recommend. Yeah, yeah go but back and watch them. We can't end an episode without Hunter referencing a book, so we got to do that. I'm gonna actually reference a documentary this time. Oh, oh. it was on uh, HBO. It was a book first. Probably. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen HBO. They've been putting out a lot of documentaries on. Uh, artists musical artists mm-hmm. lately so i kind of was looking at what they had but um then i ended up watching one on the Bee Gees, and uh <laughs> it's uh <laughs> they're kind of like uh i mean I, I think most people know who they are and know they had some hits but until i watched the documentary i didn't realize like the depth of how talented they were oh, man. and um how many songs they um, put out, and then also how many songs they wrote for other people that were, yeah. were successful. They're incredibly talented musicians, and it was four brothers who were all all really, really successful and very talented, and, you know, there was some tragedy in there as well, but I would I would recommend it. I can't remember what it's called. It's it's a documentary on HBO about the Bee Gees. It's about two hours long. It was really, really good, and uh, I learned a lot about them and also a lot about just disco in general. So. Hot take. Disco slash funk musicians are the best musicians on the planet. And you do not get to argue with me. Because <laughs> they all have jazz backgrounds. I knew you were better going taste. there. I knew yeah. you were talking about jazz. They do have a pretty fascinating story. And there's the whole thing about the NASCAR deal that was like mm-hmm. this really big moment in their uh, professional career. I'll I'm tell you what I... Yeah, the Bee Gees. They didn't say anything about NASCAR in the movie. I don't know what that... Yeah, there was a big moment where they, they actually performed at a NASCAR deal, and the guy heard them, and yeah, it's kind of the deep dive on the Bee Gees. Mm-hmm. But what I find very interesting is listening to people try to cover the Bee Gees and how much trouble it causes them. And you think it's because of the vocals, but not really. The music's just more complicated than they thought. And uh, it got covered in a genre that people really don't... It just didn't last. People yeah. don't respect it. But. And they talked a lot about how the three brothers that sang all their voices kind of blended together really well and made this unique sound that nobody could, could do. And they had Justin Timberlake on there, and you could tell like he was just blown away by how good they were. And he just kept talking about, like, 
normally that you would have like a brass section in a song and instead they're singing that portion of the song and he just couldn't believe how good they were. So um, you could see he, they had a tremendous impact on him and the way he sings. You bring up an interesting uh, thing here, and I'm going to say this. I have to word John Mayer into most things that I do. Uh, <laughs> but John Mayer's that same way. Like people remember him for Your Body is a Wonderland if, they're, if they've stopped paying mm-hmm. attention. Uh, bon Iver is the same way. Like mm-hmm. he had this one uh, skinny love deal. But if you, if, I'm going to recommend that you, if you have an artist that you really enjoy, a lot of people do not do this, but you should. I'm going to recommend that you go to YouTube and you search either the track or the artist, and you listen to people who know music talk about what's actually going on, it is crazy the things that these guys are doing that we, because we don't know music, don't appreciate. So, Actually, I think, um, I think the way pop movie, music is moving is it's going into a realm of like actually, a, even if it's subconsciously, subconsciously like appreciation of musicianship, because there's some complex stuff coming out that's on the top 40 consistently. Yeah. That would not have happened in the mid 2000s. Yeah. I spent I spent 15 minutes watching a um a guy break down Gautier mm-hmm. and how complex that guy actually was and yep. that'll blow your mind. That's a that's a one of the bigger uh shame uh one hit wonders. One hit wonders. Yeah. yeah. I would agree. Maybe we should do that in our one of our outside the box like top one hit wonder songs scorpions i lived through the 90s so there's basically a buffet of those (laughs) (laughs) all right that racks up the recommends right well speaking of documentaries what you need to do okay is go back to a little movie called signs and just at least watch up until the point where mel gibson has to cry at family dinner where he's yelling at his kids and stuff show me a better performance (laughs) We'll see you next week. smooth sounds.